Welcome. This podcast episode was recorded before the pandemic started. We hope you all are well. Welcome to He Restores My Soul with Janie Ortland and Heidi Howerton, where you can find encouragement for your busy life through God's renewing mercies. Welcome, everyone, to our podcast today. It is good to be with you all. Heidi Howerton is here with my wonderful friend, Janie Ortland. And we are taking a break from our series today on the Ten Commandments to throw in a couple Ask Jannies. As we've been talking about honoring our father and our mother, we thought we'd discuss some of the questions that you all had concerning family life. So um, I think we should just dive on into it, Janie. Are you ready? Yes, and I do want to personally thank all of you for writing in these questions. We won't get to every single one of them in a timely fashion, but we do take note of them all, and we want you to know we're trying to answer your questions, so thanks for sending them in. Yes, and if you feel anything on your heart that you'd really love to just sit down with Jannie and have a cup of tea together and spend time looking at what the Lord says about it, feel free to write more questions into us at herestoresmysoul.com. So Jannie, here's today's first question. Please give me some wisdom on my tension with my grown-up girls still living at home. I'm tired of all the responsibility for the home and frustrated at their lack of respect and gratitude. Ours is a pastoral ministry home. Whoa. <laughs> That's a good question, Heidi, isn't it? It well, is you, a good question. You might not know yet because your kids are still no, at home. <laughs> I don't think I have any input on this one. I'm all ears listening in. But being an empty nester myself now for, oh, about 15 years, I, I can empathize with this mother. I would want to know a little bit more information before I answered this specifically. I can give some general principles. I'd want to know how old the girls are. Are they 18 and 20? Or are they 32 and 34? It would really make a difference in how I see they're still living in their home. In other words, dear mom of these girls, do you see an end in sight? Are they working toward moving out? Or are they just working outside of home and enjoy coming home to your cooking and doing their laundry and their being able to spend their own wages on what they want rather than setting up their own homes? I wonder if they're trying to save any money for their future. These are questions that go through my mind as I read yours. I want to tell you, I believe you need to have a good, safe, non-volatile, and non-threatening conversation with them. Model to your girls how to work through something as adults. They will need it for their future either their spouse or their roommate. So model, how do you handle something like this when you've got an issue that's frustrating you, that's creating tension, and you need to talk about it? I would encourage you to take some time to think through and pray through some of these issues. First of all, think through how you want to say what you want to say to your girls. How do you want to put it? You, you might say to them, there's something on your heart you want to talk about. Think about if you want to do it with both daughters together. I think that might be best. Then they'll, they'll have each other. They won't feel as if you ganged up on one of them. And 
and you could get it done in one sitting, which I think might be a relief to you. You see, you want this in how you say it to be a win-win for everyone, a win for you and a win for them so that no one walks away saying, wow, I just lost a lot. You want to build into the foundation of this relationship more and more and more. You want to enhance your relationship, not hinder it through this conversation. So think how you want to talk to your daughters. Admit to your daughters if if you're a little nervous, but tell them you think that it's right and it's good for you to talk about this. So think about how you want to say what you need to say to them. And then I want you to think through where and when you should say it. If possible, dear mother, do it when they are not hungry or tired or pressed for time. Or you either. Don't do it when you're in a cranky mood. <laughs> you might need to make a date with them. You, you could say, hey, can I meet you at Chili's on Tuesday at 6.30 and treat you all to dinner? I've been thinking about something, and I'd like to get your thoughts on it. In other words, help them to relax as much as possible about this conversation. And then finally, think about what you need to say to them. Think and pray over the very words. You might want to have a few notes written down so they know you've taken this seriously, but don't write it out word for word and make it a speech. That will make it too formal for them. They'll feel uncomfortable with you reading something, and I just think that would be so awkward. Use I and me as much as possible instead of you. Ask the Lord to help you not to get teary or over-emotional. Sometimes I've found that my tears, they really can hinder a conversation. So I want to be really careful because I'm sure you feel emotional in this relationship and with this tension that you're feeling. Do tell them how you feel. In your question, Heidi and I sense tension and resentment, a little bit of anger, maybe some sadness and frustration. If you can name some of these emotions, tell them without blaming your daughters for these emotions. You are the one feeling them. So you can say, I, you know, I've just been experiencing tension. I don't want that in my relationship with y'all. I've become resentful over some things. I hate that. You're my daughters. I love you. I don't want that. I've even found some anger welling up, and that's just awful. I don't want that. You might tell them why you feel how you feel. Maybe you're just tired. Maybe it's hard for you to take care of their needs and the needs of everyone else in your family. I don't know, but Perhaps you felt a little jealous that they have someone cooking them a meal or doing their laundry while they get to go out and and do their dream job or go be with their friends or sit home and watch TV. And maybe you're even a little bit fearful that you haven't done a good job of raising them, that you haven't taught them how best to enter into adulthood. Maybe you're fearful that this is your life now. <laughs> Or maybe you you fear how others might look at your family, since you are a pastor's wife. 
maybe you're fearful for the younger children in your family that they will see this as the model and expect it. So I suggest that you think about how you should say what you want to say, when and where you should say it, making sure you're not cranky or tired or hungry, and what you need to say. When you're seated together and talking, think about a path forward. Talk about that. Use that language. How can we improve our relationship? How can we walk forward together in this? Assure them of your love for them. Let them know that you really are so grateful that they're your daughters and you really want to work this out. If they want to continue to live with you in peace and happiness and under the smile of the Lord, let them know that some things must change. Now, that will be hard, um, but you need to be very clear on this. Do not muddle this up. Some things must change. You choose one or two things. Don't make a list of 10 things that need to change. That will overwhelm them. That will hurt them. And it will be impossible to follow through on. Choose one or two things. Maybe they could help more around the house. Maybe they would be willing to take one chore each. Start with something small, like one of them dust the downstairs once a week, or one of them cleans the guest bathroom once a week, or maybe Monday is the day you change all the beds in your house, and one of them helps you with that. It's so much easier to change beds with two people, and it would give you a chance to talk as well. So maybe suggest a chore that each of them could do, or they could suggest a chore. Offer them three or four and say, would you be willing to do one of these? Another way they could help is with meal prep. Maybe they would be willing to cook one meal a week. That would help them understand how much prep it takes to plan it, shop for it, cook, and prepare it. And that would help you. It'd be a way for them to learn. Or maybe part of the difficulty is in the budget area. Here they are, active members of the household using hot water, electricity, heat, food, all of it, and they're out working. I presume they're not in school. I presume they're working, and they're not contributing at all to the family budget. Maybe you could talk about what they could contribute. Ask them, what would work for you? And then set a goal to revisit this in two to four weeks, to be able to tweak your plan, maybe to add another chore, something like that. What's working? What isn't working? Try to end on a positive note. Thank them for being willing to meet with you. Praise them for listening and entering in and not just withdrawing or shutting down as you've heard of other young women do. And I'll tell you this, if you need a scapegoat, Tell them you were listening to an older woman on a podcast, and she got you thinking, blame it on Janny. <laughs> oh, oh Janny, that's so good. I think that can help a lot of us because everyone in their lives, relationships, were all full of sin and there's tension arising in marriages or with relationships with children. So I think even us that don't have older children can really benefit from that. I love how you said, talk about the way you feel. I think that's really helpful, especially for me in marriage, to tell Mike, I feel this way instead of 
you're making me feel because he can't make me feel anything. Those are all mine. And I also loved what you had to say about taking them out to a meal or I know one another older woman that I listened to, she'll talk about always having goodies, you know, that food will open up children's hearts. And so make a special area, make a specialty. And just like you said, let them know what a joy it is to spend time with them, how thankful you are, how much you love them. I just, the way that you put things makes my heart smile. I want to be in at the chili table with you having that conversation because there's so much love that comes forth. And I, that's what I want to hang on to the most. Whenever I go into difficult situations, Lord, put my heart in a place of love. I love these people so much um, and to go at it that way. So thank you for taking the time to think through that. We have one more question to go through today, Janie, on this podcast. Here's the second question. My question is about cohabiting before marriage. It has been tough for me to watch my siblings live together and not be married. Well, here's another question where I I wish... Our questioner was right here, so I could ask her a few questions first. I'd like to know a a little bit more before I could truly answer this question wisely. Uh, Like, I I wonder, are her siblings believers? If they're not, there's no reason why they shouldn't cohabit. They, They have no higher power to listen to other than their own culture and their own bodies. I also wonder if the woman who wrote this question is married. It might be hard for you to talk to your siblings about not cohabiting because you have a husband. And they would say, well, sure, it's easy for you to tell me not to. You've got your husband to live with. So I don't really know specifically what you're asking. Like, are you asking for a conversation with them or what my feelings are? and beliefs are about cohabiting. So I do know that I can tell you what I believe the Bible teaches about cohabiting before marriage. The reason we save living together, and that means saving the most intimate part of our physical relationship as well for marriage, is because God has told us two things. It's best for us, and it pleases Him. Why shouldn't we sleep together until we totally commit ourselves to each other before God? Well, how does God look at our sexuality? He, how does God look at it? The one who created us, male and female. We know that God values our sexuality and calls for us to enjoy this beautiful gift within the security of marital commitment lifelong marital commitment. This is where faithful devotion and a lifelong love can best promote the joy of a one-flesh relationship. God, in His great mercy and love for us, has given us the seventh commandment. You might know what it says, you shall not commit adultery. He's given that to us to protect the joy, the love, the pleasure, and the security that only marriage can offer. Now, Heidi and I are going to talk about this more in future episodes when we come to the seventh commandment in our series. But for now, let's say this. From the beginning of creation, God has placed a very high value on our sexuality. He made us male and female as part of his, quote, very good 
creation. We see that in Genesis chapter 1. God led Eve to the man to be his partner in the challenge of life. We see that in Genesis 2. God makes marriage the crowning glory of the creation of the universe. Your romance, my romance, Heidi and Mike's romance, they all came down from above. Our romances should be treated with the tenderness and respect they deserve. Think of how Jesus honored marriage. He honored it when he said, What God has joined together, let not man separate. He honored a wedding with his presence and his first miracle. The Bible teaches that marriage is to be sacred, consecrated, hallowed, inviolable. It is to be a bond between a man and a woman for the whole length of their life on earth. The Bible also teaches that everyone outside of a marriage is to honor that marriage, and we all are to honor every marriage we know of. Hebrews 13.4 puts it this way, Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. I love how Ray talks about this verse in his book, Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel. Let me read a quote from it. This is Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel. It's on page 112 of Ray's book. He's talking about Hebrews 13, 4. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. The emphasis of this verse, Ray teaches, lies on the words held in honor. That is prized, valued, esteemed. The New Testament never says, let money be prized, valued, or esteemed. But God has called us all to feel just that way about marriage. It is to be honored and lifted up and protected among all believers, not only among married believers. It is the God-defined institution of marriage as such, not only my own personal marriage, that I am to esteem. The gospel has shown us that every believer has something personally wonderful at stake in the sacred reality of marriage— as marriage points beyond itself to the endless love of Jesus for us all. Now God wants all of us to translate that new awareness into the active hallowing of marriage here in the world. Human marriage has always been intended by God to serve as a prophetic whisper of the eternal marriage. That's the end of Ray's quote. Why is cohabiting so bad? I might put it, why is adultery so bad? Because that's what God calls it. Because it takes the unique and rare treasure, the mystery of two human beings building a one flesh relationship and smashes this treasure. It blasts this mystical union with the hammer of reckless self-centeredness. God is very clear about this area of our lives. Heidi, read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 through 4 for us. 
For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. God takes sexual sins very seriously. We see that there. Shouldn't we? He prizes a self-control in every one of his children. You see, cultivating a life of sexual freedom and, and sin means we're prizing our secret world of pleasure more than Christ. He says in Galatians 5 that, that those who evidence sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality will not inherit the kingdom of God. Whoa. Marriage is not a human invention. If it were, we could do with it what we want. Marriage is a divine revelation coming down from above. It is a unique symbol of Christ and the church in love together. We see that in Ephesians chapter 5. Cohabiting distorts that symbol. God doesn't forbid cohabiting because he's prudish or he wants to rain on our parade. <laughs> no, he's telling us how life works best. Human families thrive with a one man committed to one woman for one life type of relationship. Let me close by just saying this. When Jesus speaks about sexual sins in Matthew chapter 5, he uses very strong language. He talks about gouging out your eye or cutting off your hand. Now, he's not speaking literally. What, he's mean, what he means is be willing to endure pain to leave sinful habits behind. Ultimately, adultery, like all sin, is a heart issue. This is where it all begins. And the only one in the universe who can satisfy the desires of my heart, of your heart, is God through his Son, Jesus Christ. Even the best of men, and I'm married to one of them, so is Heidi, <laughs> even the best of men will fail us, and we will fail our men. The reason people seek after sinful pleasure is that they have not experienced real pleasure in Christ. Janie, I have a question for you. As I read kind of her statements and as you've been teaching, what would you say if a young woman came to you and said, Janie, I see my friends cohabiting and they know Jesus and I don't even know what to do. What would you tell her? Yeah, that's so hard, Heidi, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because she probably senses that her friends are happy. They're, they're excited about making their relationship that kind of relationship, but she can't be. She doesn't know how to be happy for them because she believes they're sinning. So I would suggest the best thing to do is to pray about it. Ask the Lord, Father, how do I relate to this friend now that she's living with her boyfriend and they both claim to know you? How do I talk to her about this? And then I would encourage her to pray for an opening from the Lord where she could talk to them, possibly just her girlfriend, or if there was the couple, if she's married, maybe they could talk as a couple, and ask them, 
How do you think God sees your relationship right now? Does he view it as marriage? Does he view it as cohabiting? Does he view it as adultery? What are his words to you today? And if they're willing to answer that, then perhaps she could share or she and her husband could share what her beliefs are, what she feels scripture teaches, and have a verse or two that is very clear on this. The Bible leaves no doubt. It is very clear about this. Because marriage is such a symbol of our relationship with Jesus and his relationship to the church. We don't want to muddy that symbol. So I think her best way to deal with it is to pray for an opportunity. Take someone with her if possible, but ask God, give me an opportunity to ask my friend about this. Yeah. And I wonder, it makes me think back to the last question you just answered and even sharing in a way of my heart so concerned for you. You know, this ah. is this beautiful treasure that the Lord has given us. And yeah, that's that's helpful, Jannie, to pray for an open door and allow the Lord to to walk in that with you. That's helpful. What would you say? Because we all have people in our lives too who are cohabiting and they don't know the Lord. And it's just, how do I interact with them? They don't follow the same wonderful law of the Bible that I do. and But sometimes my heart just struggles with it because I know it's not right. What yeah. would you tell them? <laughs> Let me ask you all the hard questions in the world today, Jannie. <laughs> Heidi, you're fun. I'm glad you're here with me. Well, I just think that's so hard because, again, why would we expect them to live any differently? So make it a matter of prayer. Ask God to soften their hearts. I think you can still talk about it. I think you can still say, what do you think about marriage? What do you think about God? Do you have any view of God in this? Again, Heidi, I, I think it was so good for you to remind us to approach these people with a tender heart, because this is their most intimate part of their life. And we all want someone to share life with, and we will go to great lengths to find that someone to share life with. And sometimes we don't care if we're sinning or not. We just want that someone. So it's a very, very sensitive, tender topic that we're talking about. And I think you're so right. We need to approach it with great tenderness. The Lord is tender, so let's ask Him for ways conversations, words, experiences together where we can meet those people in our lives who are living this way and have opportunities to speak into it. Heidi, why don't you pray for us? I know there have been some experiences in your own life about this, and your heart is very tender towards some people. Would you, would you pray for us and our listeners? Heavenly Father, I just lift up all of our relationships, as we talked about the relationship between a mother and daughter, as we even talk about marriage relationships and family and close friends, Lord, we pray that you would send your Holy Spirit down. We pray that you would give us wisdom from above, how to speak to one another with love and kindness and tenderness, but also how to hold fast to your truth when it's right. Lord, help us to know how to love the people in our lives like you would love them. Jesus, you set such a wonderful example. Change us to be more like you. We need your love and your tenderness and your kindness and your truth to reign in us. So God, come reign today and restore our souls. Amen. 
Thank you for joining us today. This podcast is generously funded through Renewal Ministries. If you would like to discover more about Jannie and Ray's ministry or make a donation, visit their website at renewalministries.com. If you have a question for Jannie or would like to learn more about this podcast, please visit our website at herestoresmysoul.org.